Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. And what's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to an all-new season of Marty's Illegal Stick. Boy, I tell you, it's hard to believe that the offseason's gone by, but it has. We're ready to rock and roll, and here we are. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and with me, as always, is my faithful companion, our awesome co-host, Mr. Chris Mazzotti. Mazzotti, what's going on? Hey, Scotty. I didn't know I'm your faithful companion now. That makes me feel very special. Well, you know, I figured for this reason that we should really try to reach out and just try to, you know, make a more cohesive unit. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I've been collecting different lighting things over the summer, including uh, nebulas and star laser trailers. So that's what's going off behind me on my wall right now. I was, you see, I was, like, I was wondering about that. I'm like, it's not a zoom effect. That's real lasers on my wall. <laughs> that's great that is awesome and we're almost here next week start of the season i know it's been a long summer longer for teams that went out in the first round like like my rangers and well yeah at least even longer for teams that didn't make the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> Well, just so everybody knows, we are recording on Friday, October 6th. So, yeah, we are less than a week away, actually, from the start of our season. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Mazzotti and I are in a fantasy hockey league together. And our draft goes off tomorrow morning. So uh, that's going to be real interesting. We'll have to talk about that next week. Yeah, I have two drafts. I have one at 11.15 tonight and yours at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So, I'm going to be tired for one of them. <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, I've got quite the uh, uh, hockey-filled weekend here, so that's why I had to go at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'm going down to Hamilton, New York tonight, to the, the Class of 1965 Arena to uh, cover the, the Colgate Raiders against the Penn State uh, Nittany Lions, the women's hockey. Uh, you know, the Colgate women's hockey, they're, they're ranked third in the country. Penn State's ranked 11th, so it's going to be a great game. And then we're going to be there twice tomorrow because Colgate and Penn State are facing off again. And then after that, uh, the Colgate men's hockey team opens up their season. And then they play again Sunday. So I'm covering all that for cnyhockeyreport.com. And it's going to be one very crazy weekend for me. That's a, that's a heck of a drive for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, uh, it is. The uh, The gas company is going to love me this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's only about 20, 15, 20 minutes for me, but. Yeah, for you it's got to be what forty five an hour. It's about an hour. hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a way to kind of shave off ten minutes off the, the trip, so at least I got that. Uh, I recommend I plug out there Oliveri's Pizza down in Hamilton, New York. Yeah. If you're gonna gonna grab something, I'll see my buddy Mike Claire. He'll hook you up. Nice, uh, nice, excellent, excellent food. Um, but that's cool. Uh, Colgate's, you know, traditional. 
Ivy yeah. League hockey, you know? I tell you, their their ECAC and that that Colgate women's team is a, an absolute powerhouse. Uh, they've won three ECAC titles in a row, the the tournament titles. Uh, again, they're ranked third in the country this year. And actually, the Colgate men are coming off an ECAC tournament title themselves, uh, which you know it was kind of a shocker because you know they weren't ranked as high as some of the other teams in that tournament. But hey, you know what? That's what they say. Any given day, right? And the Colgate men caught fire during that tournament and they, they went all the way. So, but uh, again, looking very forward to that this weekend, but Mazzotti, we're here to talk about the NHL. NHL baby. Uh, yeah. And that's just it. That's what everybody's waiting for. So without further ado, we're not going to do a, a full fledged season preview. Um, I, I've never really, you know, thought for one thing, we don't have two to three hours to go through the entire league. Right. Well, here's here's something interesting, Scott. So the Rangers just finished their preseason. They were one in five. Mm-hmm. Um, their worst preseason showing since 2013-14, when they had a pretty good year. Yeah. So, you know, uh, preseason really doesn't mean anything. Uh, no. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't take a ton of stock in it. You can kind of tell with the veterans that they're not going full force. You know, it's the preseason games are weird because half the team is just getting into their groove and the other half of the team is going full board trying to prove their worth to make the team, you know, and uh, it's it always makes for an interesting hodgepodge of hockey because you're like, oh, wow, Mika Zibanejad like and Panarin look terrible. But this, you know. Running Offman kid looks like the next Sidney Crosby over here, right? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. he's playing everybody just because he's putting in everything, you right. know. And and they're like at half masked over there, just like pulling well, around the ice. Okay, like you know, I'll just say this for preseason. I saw a stat the other day: uh, the Devils went undefeated in the preseason, mm-hmm. and the last team to do that was the Colorado Avalanche. It was like five or six years ago, and they ended up finishing dead last overall in the league. Now, I'm not saying that the Devils are going to do that because I, I, I yeah, don't think I that's going to happen. Gonna happen. I'm just saying it kind of puts into perspective what preseason really means. So, right. you know, but I'll tell you what we're, we are going to do is we are going to go through each conference, East and West. We're going to go through the eight teams that made the playoffs. And then we're going to decide which teams are indeed going to return for the playoffs this year, which teams are going to drop out and those drop out who is going to replace them? I figure that's a little different way to do a preview show. So, all right. So, why don't we do? Uh, let's get started in the Eastern Conference. How's that sound? Okay. So what I'm going to do, buddy, is I am going to list off the teams that made the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. You're going to tell me who's going to return, who's not going to return, and who's going to replace them. And then I'll give you my picks as well. How's that sound? All right. All right. So, from the Eastern Conference, of course. The Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, and the New York Islanders all qualified last season. Um, so that's not in any particular order. Uh, I just kind of pulled it up, and that's that's what came up. Um, but there's your eight playoff teams from the Eastern Conference last year. So, Mazzotti, okay. what I want to know, are there any teams that are jumping out at you that you think could potentially not make the playoffs this season? I have a, I have trouble seeing Boston making the playoffs. Here's the reason why. 
even though we, we mentioned before, even though they had the best regular season record last year, they had 34 games last year decided by one goal or fewer. In essence, you know, also including, you know, the games they had an empty net goal or whatever right, like that. Right. I included those in that set. So that's how many close games they had. 34 out of the 82 were very close games. Without With the guys they lost, I don't know if they're going to get those 34. Yeah. If, if they even get, you know, half of those, they could still make the playoffs. But if they end up getting, like, eight of those or something of that nature, they're not going to make it. Like, I don't count them out because I believe they have good goaltending. I believe Linus Olmark is a good goaltender. I believe Pasternak is a superstar. Marshan's now the captain, which is, like, sacrilegious. Don't you remember when the captain of a team had to be, like, a good, upstanding character <laughs> player? You mean that like, when they became a rat? <laughs> like, I think of captains, and I think of, like, Kirk Muller. Kirk right. Muller was a great captain, right? Yeah. Great guy. Like, loved him when he was captain of New Jersey back in the day. Like, <laughs> not exactly a brand Marshan type character, you know? You never, you, you never thought Kirk Muller was going to go up and lick somebody. Right. You know? right. <laughs> like, I don't think you would ever see that. <laughs> no, granted, Martin's very talented on the ice, obviously. But I just I think that Boston might be looking in. And I think the team that will replace them is Ottawa. Oh, interesting pick. Well, yeah. I tell you something, Ottawa's got a, a tremendously young team. Uh, they're loaded with talent. Loaded. Uh, they moved out Sprinkett, but apparently that's going to be uh, for the benefit of the Senators. I guess there was a uh, rumor has that there were some locker room problems. Um, but you know who knows? That's all hearsay. Uh, I do. Have, you know what? I I was thinking the Bruins myself, and I know our Bruins fans are are going to just you know be angry at us for this. But I for the same reasons that you listed. But I got to disagree with you a little bit. On, on Linus Allmark. I I like him. Good goalie, good guy. But he was not – He listen, that was a career year last year, okay? I, if he even comes close to repeating that this season, okay. But let's let's be honest. Linus Allmark had an absolute dream season in 22-23, okay? I, just, I, yeah. I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Jeremy Swayman end up picking up more starts than, than Allmark. Because if he starts to falter or, you know, things aren't going so well, I think that they could potentially go right to Swayman. And plus, I, I really truly believe that losing Patrice Bergeron, and it was bound to happen, he was going to retire at some point. Had a Bad. And their center depth is shot right now. Right? Because not only Bergeron retiring, Krejci retired. And the thing with the Bruins is that they never really developed – any center talent to eventually replace them. And now the time has come, and boy, I tell you, you know as well as I do, to win in the NHL, you got to be strong down the middle. And right now, I'm looking at that Bruins roster going, well, who the heck is going to be the number one center in, on this team? Yep, forgive me, my uh, neighbor decided right now to mow their lawn. So oh, don't you love it? If you hear anything, it's, it's yeah. mind-numbing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Boston, I mean, I, I saw some of their preseason and 
I mean, obviously they, they beat the Rangers twice. So, you know, that means they're going to win the cup. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> I just think that I, I think they do have some good prospects. I think they do have some good talent coming up, whether that talent can step up this season. I think that's like more of the question. Like, some yeah. of their players looked pretty good in preseason, and, and you know, that guys that you know were well, coming I up. But I just think they're a little bit. I think they're a little bit away, um, and it's a loss. Krejci, I think Krejci's almost a bigger loss than Bergeron. Like I really do. Like, not not to discredit Bergeron and his talent or anything like that, but like that physicality that Krejci brings, you know, like that's going to be lost. Like that. That's hard to make up for, you know. Um, the face-offs that Bergeron is is not going to win. Right. That's going to be a huge loss, you know, because that guy's like money in the face-off circle. Sure. So, you know, uh, and also the problem is not only are they getting weaker, but like it, it might not be Ottawa that gets in. It could be easily Buffalo. I like, just gonna say you it. know, Buffalo's got a heck of a, a talented team right now, and – now they got their, their you know, top prospect goalie ready for a full NHL season. Uh, I feel like he's going to be really good. He looked pretty good in the preseason, from what I saw, and uh, you know they're uh, they're a team that's definitely on the rise. You know, you can't stay in the cellar forever. You know, <laughs> right, just right. see see Pittsburgh Penguins o two o three. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you just, it, it, you're going to have to, you have to turn it around eventually. Um, I know Edmonton fans right now are yelling at me like, eventually won! But like, <laughs> um, but I think Buffalo has really, uh, has, has made this a really great rebuild really quickly. And they have a very solid team. Um, and I think this is the year that they, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh, they're in the playoff position in December. We've seen that before. I think yeah, this is going to be the year where they keep it, where I they think. just continue on. Yeah. Minus, minus their top line getting decimated by injury again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think they're they're in the mix, too. And so that makes that Atlantic division very tough because we know the Metro is tough. Right. You know, so – and and I think every prediction I've seen has five teams coming out of the Metro, so that only leaves three for the Atlantic. And who's it going to be? You know, uh, is it going to be Tampa? Tampa's not going to make it. I don't think not with a, not their best goalie, you know, in the world for the first That's, two or three months. Right, right. So just to kind of go back, because we were talking about Buffalo and Ottawa, and I agree with you, they're both teams are dynamite. These teams are going to be good for a very long time. However, I do believe that Buffalo is one step ahead right now of Ottawa, simply because I think that they have a little bit more of a mix of veteran and younger players, right? And, I also think they have better goaltending. Yes, and I and I also think their their defense is a little bit better. I know Jake Sanderson is going to be a superstar uh, for the Senators, but right now, you know the the Sabers have got Rasmus Dahlin, who I think is actually going to be a Norris Trophy winner. Yeah, I keep and, calling him off. Yeah. <laughs> Old power is going to be a very good defenseman in this league, obviously. So, I think between the two of them, if you if it comes down to one of those two making it in, I think it's going to be Buffalo. 
Now let's talk about Tampa Bay for a second because you just hit on it. Vasilevsky, their all-world goaltender, is out for at least eight to ten weeks. Yeah, Max really screwed up baseball. my fantasy keepers, man. Really yeah. screwed up my fantasy keepers because I was ready to keep Vasilevsky and just be yeah. like, screw it, keep it in, forfeit my first-round well, pick on Vasilevsky. Well, now do you and see why I wait so somebody long? Somebody told me he's out for two months. I'm like, oh, well, that makes that decision a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I tell you, that's if, if – if there's one position to lose for that amount of time, that's so devastating to a team. It's the goaltender position, especially when they're yeah. so reliant on Vasilevsky like they are, because he's one of those rare goaltenders that's going to play three quarters of the season. He's a workhorse. That's just, you know, he's constantly in that. So when somebody like that is lost for an extended amount of time, it is devastating. And let's face it. You know, Tampa Bay has been extremely successful over the past, what, five, six, even seven seasons. Uh, ever since they – actually, it's, it all started when they made it to the cup final against Chicago in 15. They've been great ever since that, obviously. But, you know, it happens with every team. You start getting a little older, and you you have all these superstars that have been with the franchise for as long as they have. You know, I'm thinking of Steven Stamkos. I'm thinking Victor Hedman. thinking Nikita Kucherov, Right. All of these guys have been phenomenal, but father time tends to catch us all. You, you know, it's also interesting about each of those guys you just mentioned in the last like four or five years, they've all missed like basically a full season and then come in for the playoffs, right? <laughs> like it, it's happened with Stamkos, it happened with Kucherov, it happened with Hedman. Like it really happened with their three superstars. All can, can I mean, I don't know if you call it convenient to not play most of the season, but like they just kind of get these injuries at just the right time so that they heal up just in time for the playoffs, just in time for a game seven or, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Even look at Stan Coast in the COVID cup. He played one game, right? right? I think he played one game and he got like two goals or something like that. Like it's, it's just, well, don't forget, it was actually the Chicago Blackhawks that started that trend because I mentioned the 2015 final. If you recall, Patrick Kane broke his collarbone, was you know was given like an eight week timeline, and they kept extending it out. Oh, it's not quite healed right. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He certainly looks pretty good in practice. Yeah. Practicing. He looks. It was good. definitely. It was but, definitely like that for the last three or four weeks of the season. Like, yeah. oh. Uh, He's got a hangnail today. We don't want to put him in there with that hangnail. We're going to treat this like a basketball injury. Yeah. Uh, he's he's feeling down in the dumps today. We're not going to put him out on the ice. <laughs> here's, your, here's another $2 million for you, Painter. Yeah. Just, just sit on the sidelines for a couple more, a month, another month, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. Uh, oh, we, we, we spent too much at the trade deadline. We're kind of go over the cap yeah. if we bring in right now. Uh, yeah, yeah so. you, you're still hurt. Trust us. Our team back <laughs> yeah. you're still hurt. Yeah, you're hurt. You're yeah. hurt on the inside, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but another team that I'm looking at that made the playoffs last year and I think is basically hanging on by a thread is the New York Islanders. Um, You know, it, it's hard to to bet against a team that's got a goaltender like Ilya Sorokin. But this team, you know, they've got Bo Horvat now, which is great. Uh, Brock Nelson, to me, is one of the most underrated players in hockey. 
Um, they're still very strong down the middle, but they're still lacking that one element of that, that one sniper that's going to get you that goal every time you need one. That is missing from this team, and they great they play with great structure, and that's great. But when you have all the dynamic teams in not just that conference, but in that division, I mean, you look at the teams that are ahead of them, Carolina, Jersey, the Rangers, they all have those intangibles that the Islanders do not have. And not to mention, you mentioned it before, the Atlantic division is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So somebody's going to get squeezed out, and I got a feeling it's going to be the Islanders. Well, you you could be right. Here's what a funny thing that happened. Even though the Islanders ended up uh, winning the game against the Rangers, Rangers had some terrible, like awful giveaways in this game. And one came like just a little, like a few minutes into the game. Somebody basically just screwed up. I think it might have been Lafreniere or Trocheck. One of them screwed up this pass and like put it on the blade of Barzell at the blue line, all alone to the cage. Right, like just a clear cut. You got all day breakaway. Matt Barzell, show us what you got. And Louis Domingue stoned him. <laughs> Louis, Louis, <laughs> Louis Domingue stoned your. All-star player, yeah, on a clear-cut breakaway, and it wasn't even a difficult save. Yeah, he literally just kicked his leg out and saved it. Like, I don't know if he was looking like low glove or low five hole or whatever, but man, Barzell, like you got to show more. Like, holy cow! Like, he's been such a disappointment. Well, the Um, book on Barzell is he's always been no more of as as a playmaking center than well, and now he's on the wing than a goal scorer. So if there's a weakness to his game that he really, like you just said, really needs to step it up a little bit, he needs to put that biscuit in the back of the net a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these guys, him and I, I would include Panarin in this too. They think pass way too much, way, way, way too much. Put pucks on rebounds happen. Garbage goes in. That's what they need to focus on. And they're always, I, I feel like they're always looking for the, I'm going to get down below the goal line and find this guy sitting in the slot that nobody with a clean, you know, feed to him that nobody sees. And those passes just, they, they happen once in a lifetime. Like they, they, they don't happen every single game, every single shift. You can't be looking for them all the time. Like, so I, I, I don't know about the Islanders. Honestly, I don't know about the Rangers. Like they looked so bad in preseason, and I know it's preseason, but like it wasn't good. And it, and and it's not like I said before, where it looks like they're skating half speed. It looks like they can't grasp Laviolette's system. You know, they have a new coach. Uh, he's not known for being. He's he's known for being more of a Tortorella type coach. It's, you're gonna grind this game out. You're going to dump and chase. You're going to crash the corners. And I don't know that this team is designed for that type of hockey. Like, this could end up looking like a season where, you know, guys like Nick Benino and maybe eventually call up uh, Brendan Offman and this new kid, Will Cooley, who might actually make the team, like, where they end up doing good. But people like Panarin, Lafreniere, uh, even Zabinijad, you know, to some extent, this does not, this style of hockey does not boost their game necessarily. 
I just don't, I don't know if it's a match. I don't know if it's going to work. I see, you see glimpses of it where they're like, oh, okay, that worked well, but I just don't know if they're going to keep it up. Like, it's, it's, it's hard work every shift in a lobby a lot system. And I just don't know that this team has that work ethic. You know, it's already been mentioned several times that like Lafreniere had trouble with the last coach because, you know, he's, he scratched him because he felt he wasn't working hard enough. And that seems to already be happening with this coach with him in particular, um, which isn't good for your touted superstar first overall pick, you know, like, to look where Lafreniere is and look where Jack Hughes is, is like, it's disappointing as a Rangers fan, to say the least. It's it's real disappointing because Jack Hughes is a bona fide superstar. I did have that kid on my team in a heartbeat. And <laughs> let me tell you, nobody's trading Lafreniere for Jack Hughes right now. Like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. We, we want to get Luke Hughes for fucking, for, 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 uh, Lafreniere at this point. The Capo Caco's looking better. Um and and that's positive, but I feel like the Rangers, the Islanders, these teams can easily be taken over by Pittsburgh, by Columbus, who might be really good. Like uh, you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough. I mean, Columbus last year got decimated by injury. So they never really got a fair shake at the what Goudreau was bringing to the table, especially with Patrick Laine out half the season. Right. But this uh, Fantilli, uh, this kid's good. Yeah. Like, and he's ready to go. And him and you know him and Johnny Johnny Hockey could be really good together. Don't know if they're going to place them on the same line or whatnot. What they're doing over there, but it, I think Columbus could be one of the surprise teams out of the Metro that like people are like, oh no, they're actually good this year. You know, uh, and, and it's going to be interesting. The competition in the Metro is just ridiculous. There's only one team that I know from the Metro ain't making the playoffs. No way, no how. You know who that is, Scott? Well, let's see. I'm looking at it right now. Philadelphia? Philadelphia. No way, no how. The one team that just refuses to get better. <laughs> like, they just... I don't know what it is. Long term plan, okay? Yeah, long term plan. Like, long term. Sign guys to huge long term contracts, then trade them off for for pebbles and third round picks, and we'll see what we get. You know, like it's just I don't know, man. You know, I I mean, everybody knew the Kevin Hayes signing was terrible. They got rid of that. Uh, Ivan Provorov's gone. Like. Drew's been gone. Like this team is just a, a scraps of itself. I, I don't know what they're gonna do, but yeah. and I feel and I feel bad for Carter Hart because I feel he's a better goalie than than he's gonna have numbers for this year, uh, which might be good for some other team down the line because when he leaves Philadelphia, he's gonna wind up somewhere as probably as somebody's backup and could potentially steal the show, you know because. Man, if I was Edmonton, I'd be doing everything to get Carter Hart out of uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> like, <laughs> what yeah, a what I, a difference that would make, you know? Like, but you know what though? I don't know if if it would make that much of a difference because Edmonton simply refuses to play defense. 
You know, I mean, that's, that's cool. <laughs> they just won't play defense. But, you know, out of out of everything you just said, because it took me a second to digest it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned Fantilli. It's gonna, you know, what's gonna be really interesting to see if if him and Connor Bedard end up being like this generation's version of McDavid and Jack Eichel, because Eichel in that draft year, I believe it was fifteen, would have been number one overall, hands down, if it wasn't mm-hmm. for McDavid. And the same thing with this draft, right? Fantilli would have been number one without a shadow of a doubt, were it not for Connor Bedard. So that'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. You mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to be extremely interesting to see how that works out. I mean, we're talking about a team that is devoid of young talent. I mean, you want to you want to talk about the but their power play? Let's but talk about power play. Penguins. Yeah, you're right. The power play, sure, but I, I'm going to tell you right now: if, if they get hit with injuries, they're in big trouble. Big. Well, big you know trouble. they will be. Okay. Because I mean, they do it every year. This is what happens every year. Malkin goes down. The, the Penguins, you know, Crosby keeps the team up. Then Crosby gets hurt for three weeks just when Malkin's coming back. Like, like it happens. Like, it seems to happen every year. Like, Malkin goes down first. Then Crosby goes down. Then Crosby comes back just in time for a playoff push. Unfortunately, last year they could not beat Chicago. And right. still they did not make the playoffs. Um, that's just crazy. Also, a reason why Chicago should not have gotten Bedard, but they lucked out and still got him anyway. <laughs> so uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know if Bedard and Fantilli – Bedard and Fantilli could be more Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin than, Ooh, you know, comparison. even though they weren't in the – they weren't in the same draft class, were no, they? No, uh, Ovechkin was a year. a year before. So I think yeah, he was yeah. Four, Crosby was 05. So like, but but I can see the league doing that. If these guys hit, man, you know the, the league will the league will move Columbus over to Chicago's division. I swear, <laughs> you know they'll do something like that. Right, right. And uh, I just feel like uh, you know people underestimate what a really great player can do. I mean, Crosby came into the league. Pittsburgh was still bad his rookie year, right? And he was still adjusting, even though he had he looked great. But he was not what he is now, obviously. Right. But just the next year, I believe they made the playoffs. You know, once they got the uh, Malkin in there, like, they had the one-two, and that was it. And there was no stopping them. And what is it, three cups later? Four Something cups, three like cups? Yeah, so, it was actually. You can't you can't complain that they're old now, right? Like, oh, now they're all old. Well, they keep doubling down on these guys. Like, right, every Pittsburgh right. Penguins fan has said to trade Malkin for the last fifteen years, and they don't do it. They keep doubling down on Malkin. Chris Letang is getting older, but I still think he's a very good defenseman. Uh, now they got all this point production coming from Eric Carlson being there, which they leveraged a lot to get him. Like, I just. I, their power play is going to be stupid good. Like, and the thing is, Crosby might be the person that draws the most penalties in the NHL. I, I don't have that as a fact or a stat, but just my eyeballs tell me that guy gets calls all the time. You know, 
he, he does his little, oh, I'm going to jump around the defender player right into his stick. Oh, now it's a hooking. Oh, I didn't land my jump. Now it's a tripping. Like, and, and I'm sitting on the ref. I'm looking at the ref. And the ref is like, oh, you're Sidney Crosby. I got to call. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not making it up. We got the gifts. We got everything. We got everything to prove that what I'm saying is right. Like, so, you know, I'm not saying he's not extremely talented, but he does get away with calls that he might make on himself. Right. Like, Right. You know, like so, uh, that's interesting to me that this I mean, they're going all in, right? El Carlson, we're giving it another shot. We missed the playoffs by you know one game last year. That would that alone would tell me, like, with your say on the Islanders, the Islanders are out because most people are saying Pittsburgh's going to be in. My problem with Pittsburgh is, I don't think their goaltending is good. I yeah. don't think Tristan Jari is a good goaltender. Boy, and they paid him like people, it, though. People, people I, I think he's been good. I think he has good games. You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day about um, – I've been watching re- – I rewatched a couple episodes of the 24-7 on YouTube from when the Rangers and Flyers were doing the Winter Classic. Okay? And the goalie tandem in Philadelphia that year was starting goalie Ilya Brzezgala <laughs> and backup goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky. Now you'd think that would be a pretty good goalie tandem, right? Right. <laughs> but like, I, I don't even know if Philly made the playoffs the year. They, oh, I think they might have. They might have played the Rangers in the playoff that year. Um, but regardless, like, they ended up going away from both those guys. Obviously, we know what happened with Bruchkov, the collapse that he had. But like, last I checked. Goalie Bob was in the Stanley Cup final last year. You know, like, so you can't give the guy too much crap when he just took his his team to the Cup final. Right. Um, and, and granted, he had some help along the way, but he was the man at the end of the show, you know? Like, so I just feel like in this instance, you know, you're talking about a team that Tristan Jari, I mean, I just don't see him turning into an all-star. Right. Like people forget that. Like um, they say, Oh, the Rangers, when they beat Pittsburgh, they beat, you know, backup goaltender, Louis Domingue. Game seven was Tristan Jari. People forget that, that he came back for game seven right. and we beat him. So like, and a lot granted, of that he shouldn't have come back. If you recall that. I didn't think he looked good. Honestly, really I thought Harry, I thought Demi played excellent. Demi yeah. played so good that the Rangers went out and signed him. Next I know, right? <laughs> so like, beat you know, <laughs> yeah, no, that, I think that's a smart move. Pick up the people that kill your team, you know. Um, but I just feel that that's Pittsburgh's biggest weakness. We know Carlson isn't a defensive defenseman. Right. The guy just won the Norris with also the worst plus minus of the defenseman in the league. <laughs> which is ridiculous to me. Like, I know plus minuses and everything, but right. the guy with the worst plus minus shouldn't win the best defenseman trophy. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Just call it the most points by a defenseman. Like, stop calling it best defenseman. Um, it, it's just not. It's just not good. I just think there should but, be a separate award for it, like the Bobby Orr. Let's, or something like that. Yeah, just let's think about it though. So then, 
So then Carolina's in, right? You got New Jersey in. Rangers and Islanders are maybes. Pittsburgh can slot in ahead of them. Who else am I missing from the Metro? Uh, let's see, from the Metro. Oh, that's not, that's I don't think the Capitals are making it in. Capitals uh, are making it in. The the Blue Jackets could surprise. Possibly. So you could have the Rangers and the Islanders fall off and the Blue Jackets and the Penguins come in. Right. Like it's it's very close. I mean, I think these things are gonna be I think unfortunately a lot of times what decides this is injuries. Oh sure it does. It, it it really it really factors into teams' health, which is why a preview is like it's a crapshoot because somebody goes down next week yes. for three months, you know, it's tough. That's why I was so against St. Louis winning that cup a few years ago, because no team should be in last place at the start of January and be able to win the cup. It's just not right. It's just yeah, not right. I don't, like, I don't like the, I don't like the message that it sends to the other teams. Like you can take off October, November, December and still win the cup. Like that's baloney. Like baloney. Come on. I don't like that. Yeah. There's a bad message to be sending these teams, uh, and well, and it's highly unlikely. Let's just put it that way: that anybody will ever do that again. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, it was the story of that year, that's for sure. But you just get a nice little segue over to the Western Conference because that is, of course, where the St. Louis Blues play. Uh, the playoffs from the Western Conference last year, and these are just the teams again, no particular order. Were the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars. The Minnesota Wild, the Winnipeg Jets, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Edmonton Oilers, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Seattle Kraken. So the Western Conference was actually quite tight as far as the playoff race goes. Um, you know, the, the Golden Knights did win the conference in the regular season uh, with 111 points. But, you know, the, the Jets came in in eighth place and they had 95 so there was it was really really tight in the West. Uh, I think the Western Conference, even a little bit more so than the East, could definitely see some uh, shuffling around. But of those teams that I listed, who do you see not making it in this year? Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, um, if Winnipeg, here's what's going to happen in Winnipeg. We got Hollabuck, right? He's in the last year of a contract, correct? Yeah. I believe. Yep. So. If and he wants out. He wants out. He's. It doesn't look like he's going to resign. So, like, if they're nowhere near, like, in, what, February? If they're 10 points out of a playoff spot in February, you think Connor Halibut's staying the rest of the year? They're going to – they got to ship him out, right? right. I mean, they got to get some return for him. So, I think that trigger could get pulled earlier, like – if it, if they have a bad October November, he might be going, getting shipped out for Christmas. Like this is you know, the, the, the earlier they do it, the better return they're going to get. Exactly, now, and that's why teams are doing. We were it. just talking about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets Connor Hellebuck. I don't know how they could do it with their cap I, or whatever. But if they got him, they're, they're, they've just decimated their their minor league system. They got nobody to give. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they would get it done. But all I never count them out because it seems like they're in every deal and up to the last second, and they get guys that I I don't know how Phil Kessel ever fit under their cap. You know, like they do things over there 
that are like magic with numbers because they have a lot of overpaid. I guess that's just it. They're not overpaid. Sidney Crosby's not overpaid. Well, like, and I think that has a lot you know, to do with it. You know, who wouldn't want to go play with Sidney Crosby? I guess. I, I mean, that's a valid yeah. point, you know. I mean, not me, but like. Right. No, but unless I, you said I play with his face and a hammer, then right. I'm down. You but know, that's, but. <laughs> that's that's about success, right? As soon as you start getting those guys and say they're not greedy and take a ton of money, that talent attracts talent. And if you got a, a guy out there who's had a fantastic career but has yet to win a cup, and he's got a chance to go play on a team that's got those guys that have won the cup that have been there and done that. Those guys are going to be willing to take a little bit less money to get that ring most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. And so and that's what my, my big beef with like the, the contract that Connor McDavid took. We've talked about this before, you know, of course he deserves to be paid naturally. He's the you know, most exciting player in hockey. But you're also talking about, do you want that much money that quick or do you want a cup? Because in the cap world, and especially on a hard cap, you got to make some sacrifices. It's just the way it is. And if you want to be able to bring talent in around you, well, you got to turn around and say, okay, well, yeah, I deserve X amount, but I'm going to have to take this amount to make this work. And and when you got between him and Drysaitel eating up, what is it like over a quarter of their cap alone? They scored more than a quarter of their goals, though. So, (laughs) but you know what? You you also got to be able to keep your puck out, keep the puck out of your net. You know, but we're getting sidetracked here. So, what I want to know? So, so Winnipeg's out. Winnipeg. I think they. I think Vancouver makes it in. You know what? I was just gonna say them. I was just going to say them because... Because I think Demko is an all-star goalie. Yeah. I think I think people have slept on this kid. He got hurt last year. Wasn't his fault. Like, it wasn't like, you know, he made a save and overextended or something like that. Right. I believe he got crushed in the crease or something of, of that nature. So, you know, uh, I think they're getting better all the time, Vancouver. Uh, I've watched some of their preseason. They actually looked pretty gelled together. I think Kuzmenko is a beast that nobody knows about. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm definitely eyeing him in fantasy drafts uh, because at the end of last year, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy, like, why do I not have this guy on my team? And, like, and like I believe he was out there for a long time to be taken. He was not drafted at all last year. So, uh, yeah, I think I think they're a better team than people realize. Um, they're going to have a full season of Rick Tockett uh, as a coach now. You know, the experience, you know, honestly, I mean, I like Laviolette, but I wouldn't mind rather having Tockett over him on, my, on the Rangers. Right. You know, like, right. he's, I think he's a, a, a better skilled coach. Um, I definitely liked him better as a player. Like, even – even though he played on teams I hated, I always liked Rick Tockett. <laughs> like, I mean, and this was back when, you know, you could do dirty things in the league. He was, he was no, nobody pulled dirty or stuff, but the guy could score. The well, guy he was, was one tough, of those guys like, you hated to play against him, but you always wanted him on your team. He really reminded me of like what, a little bit of like what Cam Neely could have been 
had he had a longer career. Like yeah. he, he, they had very similar games. I feel. Um, so, so I think Vancouver's sneaky good. Um, I don't know what's going on with your Kings. Uh, you know, maybe I, you gonna, could fill me in on that. Because I, th- I did they actually get better or did they get worse? I'm not really sure. A lot of people are saying they got so much better. I think they kind of stayed right even. Um, <laughs> you know, because they're pointing to the, this Pierre Luc Dubois trade. Say, oh my God, they got Pierre Luc Dubois. It's like, well, they didn't really need another forward. They didn't. <laughs> you know, you already have Anze Kopitar and Philip Deneau as your one, two. And they do quite a fantastic job. And I understand that Kopitar is starting to get a little bit older too. But this offseason, he signed for another two years after this season. So he's really not going anywhere. Um, Quinton Byfield's supposed to be the one that eventually replaces him. He's playing at the left wing on Kopitar's line. Hopefully, you know, learning, developing the whole process. Uh, but to go out and get Pierre-Luc Dubois, a guy who... Yeah, okay, he can put up some points, but um, and, and who did they give up? Uh, they gave up Gabe Velarde, they gave yeah. up Rasmus Kapari, Alex Ayafalo, and there was a draft pick in there too. Now, keep in yeah, mind, I like Velarde goals last year, right? So they were in a big contract dispute with him. Velarde goes to Winnipeg and ends up signing for like two and a half million a year, three, something like that. So not only did the Kings trade for Dubois, now they gave him this massive contract. They gave him eight years, eight and a half million per season, something like that. And in the meantime, starting in goal, you have either Phoenix Copley or Cam Talbot. I don't oh, that's right. They got Talbot. Playoff got series with that combination going against, like, say, Edmonton or Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> It was basically addition by subtraction, which... No, I think that's a good tandem to go against Edmonton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like Talbot would have a real big tip on his shoulder, you know, and I think that's good for a playoff series. Uh, It works against the Rangers all the time. (laughs) So, I mean, Brendan Smith looked like uh, uh, Victor Hedman in the preseason. He was just a beast, Brendan Smith, because... Why? Because he used to play for the Rangers. They didn't want him anymore. So yeah. come in. I think Talbot could do the same thing to Edmonton. But well, yeah, but you know what though? It, but here's the thing with the Kings, right? If you're going to make a big trade with Winnipeg like that, it was Hollabuck that they needed, not Dubois. They didn't need Dubois. They had the tenth best offense in the league last year. You don't need any more points. What you need is a shutdown workhorse goaltender. Right. They didn't get that. And, you know, I'm not trying to because Phoenix Copley actually stepped in and saved the season last year. I mean, if you yeah. if you recall, I mean, he won like 15 of 20 games that he played at, at one point. Uh, he was phenomenal. But if you're going to be a serious Stanley Cup contender. You, you need to be stabilized in that, which I don't see that team being stabilized in that right now. And here's the thing, too. And again, we go back to injuries. Every team can get hit with them. But if the Kings get hit with injuries and you're going to have to depend on your defense to keep you in a playoff race, that could get dicey. In a well, hurry. Here's the thing. You know, you mentioned they were the 10th best offense in the league last year, mm-hmm. but they're also playing, they were playing a Vancouver team that wasn't so good, especially without their number one goaltender. Right. They were playing uh, an Anaheim team that, <laughs> come on. Yeah, <laughs> and they're playing, 
Arizona in in their minor in their minor college hockey arena. <laughs> you know, so let's let's be real. There's like sixteen wins right there. Oh, and we didn't include San Jose. <laughs> so like, let's, no, right? let's be realistic. So you say they might not have needed Dubois. I say they they could always use him. Like you know, like you they did need him. they did need defensemen. You know. Defenseman, you know, that I like their defense more actually. He's looking I, I like it. You, you know, know, it was a smart move getting Gabrikov and resigning him. Audio. You know, they the, doing that was a very smart move. They got him for two more years, so your defense core is solidified. It, it's just the goaltending is the big issue. And and another team I see out of the West that you know they came out of nowhere, they surprised the heck out of everybody, but I don't know if they can do it again. Is the Seattle Kraken? Now, the Kraken, I'm having technical difficulties. Let's see if this is going to work. I can hear you. Here, let me try this. I can hear you just fine. So, going to the backup buds, see if they work. Well, while you're doing that, I'm just going to kind of finish my thought with the the Kings end before we get to the Kraken. Ah, Uh, Yeah, re signing Gabrikov was great. Excellent move. Uh, you still got Matt Roy. You still got Mikey Anderson, who's got a few years under his belt now, and looks like he's going to be a solid shutdown defenseman for years to come. Uh, Drew Doughty's getting older, but if he can stay away from injuries, he's still very effective from the blue line. So, and not to mention, I'm very excited to see what Brant Clark's going to bring to the table. Uh, extremely gifted offensive defenseman. Um, I, I don't see him <laughs> going anywhere but LA this year. So that's going to be very fun to watch. Um, but I'm also kind of disappointed in the fact that, you know, at one time the Kings had this highly, highly touted prospect pool and they just don't seem to be going anywhere with them. You know, I mean, here you're, you're bringing in Trevor Lewis, who's pushing, I think he's 36 now, 37 years old to put him on your fourth line. Yet you have Alex Turcott, who I understand has been decimated by injuries, but he's a, he's a number five overall pick from 2019 and you're, you're still putting him in the AHL, you know, at some point you have to bring him up, put him in the NHL for 25, 30 games, see what he can do, and then decide, okay, what are we going to do with this kid? Because it, he's had enough time, and I understand that the injury bug has been horrible to him, but it's time. It's time. And so, I, like I said, I was a little – a little befuddled by the Trevor Lewis move. I mean, yeah, it was great nostalgia-wise, right? He was he was a big part of the 2012 and 2014 Cup-winning teams, but it's it's 2023, and you know, at some point, you got to let go of the past and you got to move forward. But, anyways, that being said, are your are your technical difficulties solved? Um, I don't know. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. So I'll I'll just stay on speaker for last yeah. few minutes. Here. Yeah, we're only we only got a few minutes left, anyways. So. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like I was saying to you um, before all that, you know, I, I, I wonder if the Seattle Kraken can do this again this year. It, it was exciting to watch them do what they did. And, and I've always, you know, I like the way that the Kraken have built their team. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. go out and get the shiny new toy. They, they went and they drafted, developed their team. And I was actually very happy for them to do what they did last year. Um, however, I just kind of wonder if maybe a step back isn't in order this year because they are a very young team still. And and it's hard to, um, to replicate that without going through some growing pains. I think they're good. 
I think the problem is their goaltending. Um, yeah. I don't know how good Grubauer really is. Uh, I think he got, you know, I think he did well enough. But again, like when it came to the playoffs, like, I don't know. They beat, you know, he, he, again, chip on your shoulder. Grubauer beat Colorado, but he couldn't beat anybody else, right? Like, yeah. so. Uh, <laughs> and I think Colorado was kind of due for a fall last season. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, well, the I think they got now. really lucky. They have Miles Wood now, right? Yeah. Colorado. I, I think that was a really trades. good acquisition and really yeah. stupid of New Jersey. Um, <laughs> but they wanted to give Dawson Mercer, you know, a max deal, which he's a very good player too. But right. I feel like, I feel like New Jersey really kind of owed Miles Wood something. You know, he had been through their system so long and they just, like just when the guy's like fully NHL player, you go, okay, we'll see you later. And it's like, yeah, New Jersey, you know the last guy you did that to? Brendan Shanahan. Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah, how'd that work maybe out? maybe you should learn your lesson from your history, you know. But uh, you know, I'm not saying Wiles Wood plays like Brendan Shanahan at all. I'm just saying like that's you know I mean his his ceiling could be that. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I think he's just as good. Just, I think he's just a shade below Dawson Mercer, you know. And for them to go out and give Mercer all that money and not Miles Wood, anyway. So I think Colorado is going to be just fine this year. I think a lot of those teams that made it are going to still make it. I, I really only think that I, I really only think there's room for like one team. And I think that's Winnipeg not making it. Um, and I think four teams are going to fight for that last spot. Nashville was there last year. I think they're going to be right there again. Um, you know, and you never know, you know, uh, what happens with DC. I think Dallas will be fine. Um, Minnesota, I mean, they should be good. You know, I, I just don't see who else makes the move. The Blues is the, a, a possibility. You know, the Blues can knock out Minnesota possibly. That, but that'll come down to those division games, I think. You know, and that's where that'll shake out. Um, but Minnesota's, you know, traditionally been a thorn in St. Louis' side. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I, I just it's it's gonna be good. It's very exciting, and I'm so ready for the regular season start. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's what I that's what I mean about the West. Everything is so close and so tight that all it really takes is a is a streak of bad luck. You know, to to knock somebody out. You know, I think Winnipeg's gonna be playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Actually, you know, with the the guys that are still there. You know, comparing all you know to all these guys that wanted out. I can't wait to get out of here. Um, I, I think there's definitely gonna be a chip on the shoulder. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's you look up and down that that conference. You know, you take out the Arizona Coyotes, you take out the San Jose Sharks, take out the Anaheim Ducks, and anybody could sneak in. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be interesting to watch this year. They actually weren't that bad last year. There was stretches where they played very good hockey. And they I kept Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. Great coach. <laughs> yeah, what's that? So they kept Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. Yeah, you know, now you got Connor Bedard in the mix. That That's going to be a very interesting team to watch. So, yeah, very exciting. Um, again, I don't see any team in this conference running away with it again. There, there's just... It was tight last year, and I think it's going to be tight again this year. So it'll be fun. It'll be really fun to see what happens.
And, uh, and, and the funny part is, I, I was watching some of those Arizona preseason games. They don't look too bad. <laughs> no. Like, you know, they didn't look too bad. That's another team that's got a ton of young talent. I think they're, like, they're surprisingly building, like, they'll, they'll be the next team that, like, sh shocks everybody, you know? Uh, all of a sudden, everybody's going to be like, Arizona's good? Like, it's going to happen. You know what? They're, they remind me of the trajectory that the Buffalo Sabres are on. That's the it's Buffalo fair. Sabres a couple of years ago. Yeah. A lot, a lot of young talent that needed some seasoning, but it's there. Yeah. And, and I like their goalie. Rosati, what do they got? Like, the, you know, 75 draft picks in the next three drafts, something like that. So... I mean, is some those the, one of those picks has got to hit. You got to hit eventually, right? It's, it's just a law of averages. I think yeah, <laughs> one of them's got to hit. You'd think, At you least know, one has got to do something. So, <laughs> but you know, they can't all be Lias Andersons. Yeah, tell me all and, about it. Tell me all about <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Smart move, Kings giving up a second round pick for him. Anyways, um, so you know, this is our first show back. You know, the new season. And in that offseason, there, you know, there were some moves made. So, And I know you want to discuss some of these. So I'm going to throw some names at you, and you tell me what you think, all right? And we'll start with your Rangers. So the Rangers, obviously, Patrick Kane's gone. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, Vladdy Tarasenko's gone. Uh, they lost, actually, quite a few, but they brought in Blake Wheeler. And I'm also going to throw another name at you, Jonathan Quick. And I want I want to know what you think. Uh, Wheeler, I thought was great, cheap signing, and you know he's uh, he's got talent. You know he's he's actually been one of the few people that looked decent in the preseason. Uh, I didn't mind the Wheeler sign for what they paid for him. It, it's a no brainer. Right. I think right. you would take that on any team. You'd be like, sure. who for what? Oh yeah, what okay. Was it? One definitely. year minimum contract, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's like eight seventy five yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, it's not even that a million bucks. Yeah, Jonathan Quick, however, I mean, he just won the Stanley Cup again. Well, he had his team just did. about nothing to do with it. Right, <laughs> his team won it. <laughs> yes, but he's on the cup. He's got a ring. Yeah. Like, you know, it counts all the same. Uh, just ask Eddie Olchek. Yeah, and. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting to me. He's been terrible in the preseason. I mean, not good. And when I say not good, I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, of course, the Rangers have been bad defensively. He's let in a few, like, you know, that most right. goalies in the league wouldn't stop. I got that. That's not what's bothersome. What's bothersome to me is when I see like people down in the corners and he's already on his knees protecting the post with like a two foot hole over his shoulder. Yeah. And then he goes to the other side and he just stays on his knees. And I'm just like, buddy, you're letting the whole top of the cage open all the time. Like anybody comes around and just flips this puck up, it's going in. Like it, he's not been good. Um, I don't like uh, – the, the only thing about it is we have a few goalies in the system, and they're not bad. <laughs> you know, in, in in the worst case, you know, we got Louis Domingue back there who could take over. He's got NHL experience. And behind him we got Dylan Garand, 
who's been doing really well. And he looks so well that they might, they, you know, if something happens quick or if quick, you know, really bombs out, that kid might end up backing up Shesterkin. So I'm not concerned about the Rangers goaltending, though, as long as Shesterkin is healthy and as long as we protect him. But Well, that's that's the whole thing, though. First of all, I want to say start by saying, you know, I absolutely love Jonathan Quick. Uh, what he did when he was with the LA Kings, you know, the franchise will always be forever in debt to him, right? Um, but here's the thing, and I said this earlier, father time catches everybody, right? Yeah. And ideally, you would have loved to have seen Quick just retire after the end of last season, say, okay, I got another ring, I'm riding off into the sunset, that's it, right? Now, I understand the attraction to want to sign with the Rangers because – he was a huge Rangers fan growing up, grew up in Connecticut, big time Ranger fan who wouldn't want to maybe, you know, close their career out by playing for their childhood favorite team. Yeah, makes sense. Right. But to me, I kind of wonder what the Rangers were thinking and just seeing how, you know, his play has declined over the past couple of seasons. It, it really has. You can't, you can't question that anymore. Otherwise the Kings would have never traded him when they did. Right. And I know everybody went up in arms when it happened, but you know sometimes those are the the, the hard moves that you have to make. Um, my concern with the Rangers with all of this is you are now depending on Igor Shesterkin to make probably at least at least sixty starts. Yeah, I don't know and if they're betting on that. You know what? I, I to me that's a, that's a serious gamble. That that really is. I mean, he's got a little bit of an injury history. Whether they were his fault or not is irrelevant. It's there now, right? And in this day and age, we all know it's a 1A, 1B goaltending league. There are very few exceptions to the rule with that. Ask Tampa Bay. <laughs> you know, look at them. They're Now they're scrambling for goaltending help as well. So if the Rangers are going to not go with quick after all, they're going to have to go in-house like you just said. So they're going to have to hope one of those kids is ready. Because oh yeah, I think Grand looks pretty good, Boy. and honestly, Louis Domingue looked great in preseason. Um, he only he didn't get a ton of time, but he looked really steady. He didn't okay. I'll put it to you this way: there's a thing that goalies do when they're not good goalies, and that is they flinch when the puck is shot. And Louis Domingue, I, I used to do this a bit when he was playing for Pittsburgh in that Ranger series. He did this a bit where like somebody goes shoot, and you'd see like. You see like this on the ice. Yeah. Like yeah. even when the puck's just going wide, you see like, oh, you jump up, oh, you jump up. Like he wasn't doing that at all this preseason. Right. And I was looking for it. Like people were shooting pucks and he's just like standing still. It's like, good job, buddy. Like you finally learned to stop getting so jumpy. Like <laughs> it because, finally happened. Because, you know, if, if you're always going like this and the shot's low, you're not going to say that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so. Uh, you know, so I, I actually think Louis Deming's actually gotten a lot better. Um, you know, he had a good he had a good season, I guess, in Hartford last year. And uh, you know, people discredit the AHL a lot, which I, I don't like. I think the AHL is really good league, and I really think it's just a shade under the NHL. I think if 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 there was a strike in the NHL, like I really could see like the AHL players just being like 
will play, and like it wouldn't be that much different. In, in NHL, hockey is exciting because the defense makes mistakes a lot. So there's lots of breakaways. And I really feel when goalies stay in the AHL, they get better because they see a ton of action from all sides. They right. see a lot of breakaways. They see a lot of power plays. They see a lot of PKs. Like they just see it all. And this, you know, I feel like these kids that Dylan Grand and, and, and Jameen, who've been sitting in hard for the last season, I think they're both fine. So I'm not too worried about quick because I think that we're better suited than say Pittsburgh behind who's up next for goalie, you know, um, and Shesterkin, I mean, his injuries aren't of his own, uh, you know, cause and sure injury history. But what that is, is that's a defense problem. That's not a goalie problem. No, I'm not saying the, I'm not saying that the injuries were his fault. I'm just saying that they're there now. Right, but I don't necessarily mean that. Th- I don't necessarily think that makes him injury prone. You know, like uh, sure, no, once I, you injure something, you can injure it again. I get it, but like, I, I don't think like he's going to be going for a save and like. Well, I think you're, you're right or something. The, like, well, I know, but I think you're right in the regards that the Rangers are going to have to do a better job because, as far as the defense goes, because he does not like contact at all. There's no. some goalies that live for it. And I, I think the Rangers, one, one guy we didn't talk about for the Rangers that they picked up was Eric Gustafson, and he was, he's looked really good so far. Um, they got Zach Jones up from Hartford. Looks like he's going to be the seventh defenseman, and he's looking much more competent than he's looked in the past as far as, like, his defensive capability. Yeah. All right. Well, we only got a couple minutes left here, so I want to get a couple more names out there. Um, you know, speaking of the Rangers, we'll just stick with them. Patty Kane. I don't think he's coming back to the Rangers. Sounds like he's going to be back by, <clears throat> I thought it was going to be say December, but now they're talking about maybe potentially even sooner. Where does Patrick Kane end up? Here's the thing. I give the athletic credit to this because I've read this article on the athletic. And then like two weeks later, the Toronto media took this information from the athletic, used it as their own. Like he's coming to Toronto. Patrick Kane turns 35 November 19th. Once you're a 35-year-old player in the NHL, you can sign for league minimum and get a bunch of bonuses instead. Those bonuses would count towards next year's cap hit for the Rangers. They have about a million dollars left on the cap right now, so they could pay Kane a million bucks, give him another two million in bonuses, or three, whatever they wanted, really. The only thing is next year they have to re-sign Ryan Lindgren, and that's going to affect Ryan Lindgren. So November 19th is the date to look for the Patrick Kane signing. Whether it'll be the Rangers is a question. Now, I think, you know, Toronto media said he's been rehabbing in Toronto. I'd like to remind the Toronto media that he lives in Buffalo, New York, has a house on the lake, and has a boat docked on the back of his house. He could get to Toronto in 25 minutes by boat. Like, <laughs> you know, it's an hour by car. It's literally 20, 25 minutes by boat. So, um, I, you know, I don't think that that's a big indicator he's coming to Toronto because he's been skating in Toronto. I think, you know, he's probably got people up there. There's probably people, you know, stationed there that are, you know, good for training and rehab and all that stuff. So he probably went there. No, no qualm about that. I do not think he's going to the Leafs. 
because if he wanted to go to the Leafs, he would have gone there last year, right. and they would have taken him instead of O'Reilly. But that didn't happen, so they didn't get him. So why would he want to go there now? I think he either plays for Buffalo or he plays for New York. Sorry about that. Yeah. So anyways. That's my my Patrick Kane. He either goes to Buffalo or New York. I don't know anywhere else he would want to go. I'll tell you what. I don't think there's – I think you're right. There's no way he goes to Toronto. I don't even think he's going back to New York. I think it's – Buffalo is a very strong possibility given that they're now good or going to be very good. It's his hometown. Yep. You know, why won't he want to play there? Or it would not shock me one bit to see him go back to Chicago. Chicago's got the cap space. Chicago has Connor Bedard. I've heard this theory. I don't see that. would be very tempting for him to go play with somebody like Connor Bedard, go back to where it all began. Um, But no, I, I think it's either Buffalo or Chicago. I don't think there's really any other teams that would seriously even be in contention. To be so honest. You, you you don't have anything to my New York theory? Nope. No? Nope. I, I just, I don't, and I don't think it's a fit for either one of them. Listen, to be honest it's with you. suspicious I don't, to me. I don't think. It's very suspicious. Just, yeah, but you know what? How much money Drury has left off the cap. Yeah, but listen. Okay. It's very suspicious. He and the know why? Because in the past they just be like, "Here's an extra two twenty-five. Here's an extra two twenty-five. Here's an." He didn't do that this season. Instead of giving out million-dollar contracts, he gave out eight seventy-fives, seven seventy-fives. Right? Why? So he can compile just a little over a million dollars worth of cash base to get him back, give him another couple million dollars in bonuses for next year. Cap goes up. You don't have to worry about those bonuses affecting Lindgren. And Patrick Kane gets another try. Because let me tell you something about Patrick Kane. The guy's competitive. The guy's a top-rate competitor. And he played like crap last year. Not his fault. Had a bad hip. Was injured. I think he wants a second go at it. I think he wants a second chance to show New York what he could do and potentially bring a cup to New York. That being said, if the Rangers start bad, it's Buffalo or bust. Because why would you come to the Rangers if they lost their first 15 games? Right? Like, yeah, I, and that and that might happen by November. Yeah. So, I know. like, you, I just don't know. I just no. don't. I, I think it's Buffalo. Here's and I'm happy thing. to see him go to Buffalo, by the way. And I, I hope he does well there. Like, that's that's all. That's all I, how I think about that. Yeah. Here's the thing with the Rangers. Yeah. They, they got, what'd you say, a million dollars in cash space? They're going to need it because if they need to go get another backup goaltender, that's going to be the prime. They're not be- getting a backup goaltender, dude. Um, they, they got confidence in the two guys behind quick. Well, they better because it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's a long, long season. And that goaltender position is a lot more important than having a 35 year old winger on your team. We'll go back and get Cam Talbot, you know. I hear uh, he's, oh, no, I, he's, I, he's in L.A. I now. I hear he'll be available. That's what we paid for him with a million dollars, right? <laughs> That's what the Kings paid for him. Oh, man. Well, we're almost out of time. Do you have one more guy you want to talk about? Uh, well, let's get a couple more where are they now, okay? So uh, guess what? Did you know, you know where Corey Schneider is now? Yeah, he retired. He retired. I didn't know he was still playing. Yeah. Did anybody know he was still playing? He was in Bridgeport. Derek Stepan just announced his retirement. We knew Derek Stepan was still playing. Corey Schneider was still playing? Yeah. Like, 
He was in Bridgeport the last two years? I had no idea. Eh. No idea. I couldn't believe that when I saw that official announcement. Yeah. My last thing of the week I want to tell you is, did you notice the NHL updated its app? Yeah, it's terrible. How did they make it worse? It's the it was already the worst app on my phone. I know. And yet somehow they made it worse. <laughs> I was trying to check scores last night because the Rangers game was on TNT. And although TNT is going to be coming to Max for live sports streaming through February for free, if you have Max service, yeah. uh, they're not starting that until Saturday. So the Rangers game against the Bruins on TNT last night, you had no streaming availability for it unless you had cable. By the way, yeah. real smart move on that TNT. Let's sure. wait till Saturday. Okay, good job. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and so, so it's, it's it's like, so I go to look at the scores. It shows me two scores. I go to scroll up. It won't scroll up. I can't scroll the page of scores. Like all the scores have to load. We wait five minutes, and then you can scroll. Like, <laughs> like it's such a bad app. Oh. I don't know what they're thinking at the NHL. I don't know what they have to do to finally do something right for once. But this app is terrible. Yeah. It's awful. I will not be using it this year. I'll be going to, like, CBS Sports or something like that because it's just awful. <laughs> Leave it to the NHL to make it even worse. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, we are out of time here at Marty's Illegal Stick, but we welcome you back. We are glad to be back with you this season. Um, you know what? Subscribe, follow us, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, because why not, right? Don't you just love listening to us argue about hockey and, and spouting <laughs> off our unexpert opinions, but that's all right. Uh, so anyways, I'm Scott Kimville. For Chris Mazzotti, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick. See ya. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.